0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to episode 14 of the Four Feathers Podcast. I am Johnny Nani. I am joined by only Tony Marchese tonight. Um, We're rolling two feathers. Uh, Our boy Ron Luce is busy studying for the CPA, and Tyler is MIA. So how are you doing, Tony? I'm doing pretty well. Um,
1: Well, I've actually seen better days, but I've been sick for like the last week since we recorded, actually. This is uh, one of my first beers that I've had since we recorded last time um dedicated though uh unlike some of the other members of this show um <laughs> you know ron has an excuse i don't know about ty johnny what do you what do you, what do you feel about tyler just going mia on us
0: yeah is, i don't know if tyler is prone I, I think is i think we need to check tyler to see if he's uh, um, uh what is he um what's what, what's the condition where you fall asleep like, out of your control?
1: I have no idea what the name of it is. Nar- narcolepsy. He has yes, narcolepsy. narcolepsy. So,
0: yeah, so,
1: I'm not going to fire him because this might actually be a significant health condition that that, that Mr. Longfellow Jones has, or Mr. Longfellow Bones, <laughs> whatever they want to say his name is these days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, two feathers tonight. Yeah, we're good. We're solid. Uh, let's talk some Blackhawks hockey.
0: Yeah, so last week of games, since we last talked... Um, on Friday, Hawks had a pretty exciting 3-2 overtime winner at Colorado. Um, I love rubbing it in, first of all, Colorado's central division rival, and then also, if you saw on the Four Feathers Twitter account, I tweeted a screenshot from uh, the Avalanche SB Nation blog when we played them um, probably t- two weeks ago before. Yeah, because it was about, only about a week in between uh, times we visited Colorado. They had said, you know, something something the Blackhawks are really really bad and like should be a cakewalk for the avalanche and then oh you know what happened they got introduced to Colin Dalia, um and he played great against them both times um and then Kaner with the overtime winner there uh at Colorado on Friday night that was good to see and of course the big one winter classic at Notre Dame Stadium um uh Hawks lost four to two, but I mean overall it's a fun atmosphere um You know, crowd was really into it, massive crowd. Um, And our Ron Luce and Tyler Jones were both there, but unfortunately they're not on to share their accounts right now. Um, But we'll get them on next time, and they can give us a little delayed response on that. But, uh, Tony, what did you see? We'll get into tonight's game, uh, Hawks lost the Islanders 3-2 in overtime. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, let's talk about those two games there, Colorado and Boston in the Winter Classic.
1: So I really, really liked that Colorado game. Um, It's a little bit hazy uh, now in the memory, uh, being all the way pretty much last week. It's coming up on Friday already here. So um, I do remember them winning the game and seeing Patrick Kane uh, at the end there uh, score the winner. Um, I I think I like that one the most just because of the tweet that we put out. Um, that That was good timing. Uh, for for Colin Delia to, sh- to show up for a game right there, that was that was good. That was really good. What I did not like uh, about the Winter Classic was the fact that uh, they started Cam Ward. Uh, I thought that that was uh, probably the obvious move after uh, Eddie Olczyk had mentioned that uh, they were going to go with him hands down. He was the clear cut choice to start that game. Um, you know, I think it was more of a you know give the veteran the start than anything else because you do see. Uh, Colin come back out and start tonight's game against the Islanders but um, I mean Cam Ward didn't play bad in that game Uh, I I think he did all right but uh, you know you much rather would have saw those uh, those brown awesome looking pads that uh, Delia had uh, (laughs) in store for that winter classic game uh, I hope he brings those out uh, in one of the starts where they uh, they wear these Winter Classic jerseys again. They just announced today that they're going to wear those things three more times this season, uh, maybe add a few more in. And they tend to do that with some of the Winter Classic jerseys. I know I'm not really talking about the game much here, but uh, I was a big fan of those black and whites uh, that they wore. Kind of reminded me of another one of our favorite teams, Johnny, um, with the color scheme there. So uh, I liked those a lot. Might have to pick one up for myself. Uh, I actually really enjoyed, uh, Perlini getting that first goal, uh, mm-hmm. in the winter classic, seeing the, uh, the little, yeah, point, <laughs> the point of the year celebration there that he had going on. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, and I like when that guy scores, I think you and, uh, and, uh, you and I, and, uh, maybe even Ron and Ty were in on the group chat, uh, where we talked about how, uh, you know, your love for Perlini, you didn't know if anybody else had that. Uh, and you know, I I think I came back with something along the lines of, you know, he's one good playoff goal away from being a fan favorite in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to touch on tonight a little bit was that, uh, you know, guys like him that that have that kind of energy and play with that edge is something that the Blackhawks have have missed. I know I've touched on it before with, you know, guys like Andrew Shaw missing from this lineup. He kind of brings that, that little bit of a, he can score, he's physical he, you know, enjoys the game. You see him play hard. You see him hustle. Uh, so I, I thought that he got rewarded right there. You didn't like to see them slip though towards the end of the game. It seemed like that they just gave up so many chances that they could have had um, towards the end of the game, and it's it kind of just got away from them. Uh, it was very uh, winner classic ask for the Blackhawks uh, <laughs> towards the end of that game. It uh, it was not surprising at all.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the Hawks played a really—the first period, I would say, for the most part, was fairly even. Hawks had a little bit of a possession advantage. Um, Or no, excuse me, the Bruins had a slight edge in possession, but for the most part, fairly even. Second period, Hawks played great um, overall, even though the goals were still even. It was 2-2 after two periods. um, But the Hawks had a great second period possession. I was thinking, all right, well, this is kind of— Lean in our favor if we can just keep that going, and then what do they do? Come out and take three penalties in like the first five minutes of the third period. Um, sorry, that that just that tilts the ice against you. That, that there's even though the uh, Bruins didn't score on any of those, and even one of those was a uh, limited five-on-three opportunity for a minute and ten or a minute and eleven, something like that. Um, they didn't score there, but you could tell uh, momentum started shifting in their favor and obviously ended up being, you know, their fourth line against our fourth line. Uh, Corrale for uh, Boston, our fourth line, Martinson, and uh, I think, yeah, Perlini and um, Kruger were kind of flailing around in our own zone. Um, rebound comes out in front of Ward and uh, backhands wide open for Corrale there. Uh, that was ended up being the game-winning goal. Marchand ices it with a... Uh, Empty netter to make it 4-2 as the final score. Um, So, yeah, disappointing, but also kind of expected for Blackhawks in a Winter Classic. Uh, They're 0-4 now in Winter Classics. Um, Probably the most winnable game was that last one that we just saw. Other than that, the one at Washington uh, 2015, that that one was probably another winnable game. The Capitals scored with like 3.2 seconds left in that one uh to win it but you know it's disappointing when you can't win on the big stage but uh overall good experience for the guys we talked about I'd put a tweet on the uh four feathers account about all the guys that were playing in their first winter classic you know you talk about oh the Blackhawks have played in so many and yada 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 but there were a number of guys that this was their first time on that stage so it was good to see someone like Perlini that was his first time say a guy like Dominic Cahoon both those guys get goals for the Blackhawks. So if you want to take any uh, positives out of it, there's that. And uh, even with that loss, I would – after that uh, – tonight, you know, uh, effort wasn't great. But even after that loss, I was still thinking, well, despite that loss, the Blackhawks are still trending upward with how they had played. So um, those are my takeaways from the Winter Classic. And that kind of segues us over into tonight's game because tonight's game was a different story. Um Blackhawks got outshot fifty to one at the Islanders tonight, and you kind of had a sense that a uh, kind of a little bit of a letdown would come after. You know, that's the, I heard him say on the post game show. That's kind of like a playoff like atmosphere that you're experiencing at the Winter Classic with just like the um, you know all the fans, the all the fanfare around it, the hype, the media hype, you're on national TV, all that. Um, but the Hawks overall did not come to play tonight. But you know who did was Colin Delia.
1: Yeah, he really did, and they they completely wasted that start. Um, he's starting to have that kind of feeling where he's gonna steal some games for the Blackhawks pretty soon. Um, it's kind of kind of a really good sign if you're looking into the, the goaltending future for the Hawks. Uh, a guy that can face a, you know fifty shots and put away forty-eight to you know forty you know, normally around four. What did he have tonight? 48, 47, 47, 47, 47 48 shots. He's, he's done this before. So he's used to, he's good with taking the high volume amount of shots. And not not a lot of, you know, young rookie goaltenders are going to be able to do that in the NHL. Um, you really like seeing that. What you don't like seeing though, is that the defense is giving up that many shots. You, you want a few more block shot attempts. Uh, I don't have the block numbers in front of me right now, but I would imagine that they're not very pretty, uh, considering Mm -hmm. that there's 50 in front of you uh you know that's where you miss a guy like nick jolmerson who's gonna eat up a bunch of pucks right in front of the net for you um you know get your body in front of some of those shots and maybe we don't have 50 shots in the net and we uh only give up one goal but uh the offense was just kind of absent again tonight johnny um yeah the only one that seemed to really show up uh, when it mattered at the end there making a press was patrick kane Um, that's something that we've seen over and over and over again. And that's probably why he's the only all-star on this team right now. Um, you know, Johnny Tays has a chance, but the, uh, the fact that they couldn't drum up anything, I maybe attribute that to kind of what you said, the playoff atmosphere, the winter classic and everything like that. Um, this was a little bit of a trap game, I think for them, but, uh, you know, you got to come to play every night. And I feel like this was a little bit of one of those, you know, the Hawks were taking two steps forward and here's maybe two or three steps back. Um, I I would say one step forward, two steps back, but they, they did get the extra, they they did get the point out of here. And I think that that's directly credited to uh, Delia and Kane uh,
0: tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a a point that they did not deserve at all. Uh, When you get out shot 50 to 21, that, You know, like, you're lucky to even be in that game. Um, uh, Another just thought from tonight, you know, uh, you talked about the defenseman that, you know, would help, uh, you know, reduce the amount of shots that Daly has to see. Uh, Sure, there's that, but then there's also um, a more balanced attack up front, whereas, you know, like you said, Kane was the only one that really seemed like he was bringing it tonight, and there was a point through the middle of the second period that, the fourth line, the fourth and third lines, the bottom six had only combined for one shot on net between all six of them. So, um, you know, that, that's just, that doesn't spell success for a team. So, uh, luckily they have some days off coming up here. They do not play again until Sunday night at Pittsburgh. Um, so hopefully a little rest there. Um, you know, I would say that maybe we could see a Drake Kajula. That's kind of where I wanted to tra- uh, transition over into this trade that happened right before the new year. So there may be a new face in the lineup or something. Um, but overall, not pretty tonight for the Hawks. Uh, still got a point, so got to at least be satisfied with that. And uh time to just look forward to the next game. That's all they can do at this point. Um, but what I had touched on there, um, the trade, I didn't mentioned a guy, Drake Kajula, Um, acquired from the Edmonton Oilers along with defenseman Jason Garrison in exchange for Brandon Manning and Robin Norrell, an AHL defenseman. Um, Tony, how happy are you that Brandon Manning is no longer a Blackhawk?
1: Well, that was actually something that uh, I did not expect uh, to happen at all this year. Uh, I thought we were going to be stuck with Brandon Manning for at least another year. Um, I can drink to that one. Uh, That was actually probably the best Stan Bowman move Yep, cheers, cheers. Up, Uh that uh, he's made in, in quite a while. Uh, and, you know, give credit where credit's due. You know, for all the times that we slam Stan Bowman on this podcast, uh, he, he fucking manned up on this one, and he got rid of a, a bad contract and brought back a guy that uh, that they wanted for quite a while now. Um, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his last name. What, what did you say, Caligula?
0: Kajula. Kajula.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a bad name pronouncer. We know that from Shy Sacks Weekly, uh, but yeah, it, they've they've had their eye on him, I think, out of college, and uh, you know, bringing back somebody that they wanted for a guy that was pretty much wasting space, um, you know,
0: wasting cap and wasting, wasting
1: cap and ice time from from some of these other kids, and then you know, you do have Haru coming back, so getting rid of uh, Manning here was you know key for, you know, keeping some of these guys, uh, you know, on the ice and, and not just wasting salary. I'm actually surprised that they didn't have to attach anything to Brandon Manning to bring him back. Now I know a lot of the Oilers fans are sitting there like, this wasn't very hard. We're notorious for making fucking trades like this, but, uh, we're worse. I feel like in some of the <laughs> stuff where we have to give up, yeah. you know, Tevo Teravainen just to get rid of Brian Bickle. So, you know, stuff like that over the years is you know we're used to that really bad deal to get rid of the contractor just sitting on guys who don't do anything for you and then having to bury them in the minors so not not having his his you know contract on the books is is huge i don't think we really save any cap space out of that deal but you know having something of use to us uh maybe down the stretch here that we can that we can play around with i think is far more valuable than than Brandon Manning and his albatross of a salary for a hmm. a non non you know factor on the ice and somebody who just spends his time in the press box. Now, what I'd really like to see though is something done about Chris Kunitz. Uh, if if Stan can pull some magic out of his hat and do something with that, maybe that would be nice. But he's only on a one year deal, um, so there's really no harm no foul there. I guess if uh, somebody comes down with an injury uh, or somebody needs a day off, they can slot Kunitz in. But uh, I think their forward spots are pretty much full now. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, I just have to say, you know, good job, Stan, on, on that one. That's something that we haven't had to say uh, or gotten to say all year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm fucking thrilled.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I wrote a little blog uh, post on it when the trade went down, um, and I actually titled it, it said, Stan Won a Trade. Manning to Edmonton there's no way you lose that trade there's absolutely
1: no fucking way that you lose that trade because even if and we've already seen one go down we'll talk about Garrison in a minute uh even if even if we get no value back out of this we got rid of Brandon Manning and that's one of the guys that you know Stan brought in and we've given him so much crap about and just to see him go out there and get rid of the guy uh I think was enough for me to be like okay maybe he does listen yeah Uh, You know, maybe not all the time, but he listened here. So that's that's something that's that's good, I think, uh, just to see as. a Yeah.
0: So I just got a few quick points uh, to finish up the discussion on this trade here. Um, So Drake, because still sorting out his visa issues, that's why he, he was acquired before the Winter Classic. Obviously wasn't in the lineup. Then was not in the lineup at New York tonight. Um, Could possibly see him Sunday, because that would be probably a full week in between. So hopefully that's enough time to get all that sorted out, because, you know, he's playing with the Oilers in Canada. So Visa issues coming back to the States. Um, And then um, for just another thing that was kind of odd to me about this, why, you know, anyone would take Manning. And the team that I would probably least expect to was the Edmonton Oilers because of... Connor McDavid and Brandon Manning's history. If you guys remember in 2015, um, Manning rode McDavid pretty hard into the boards and actually ended up in, it was a senseless play. Uh, McDavid claims that he was trying to intentionally injure him. Manning kind of denies it, but, um, that at least is out there as a rift. And, uh, you know, McDavid ended up with a broken collarbone on that play. Um, he was not happy with Manning. He made it very vocal. He was outward to the media about it. Um so I, I just don't understand how this is going to work. Um you know, how are you going to upset the best player in the game
1: <laughs>
0: for bringing in a low tier third pair defenseman?
1: Yeah, it makes like absolutely zero sense to bring the guy that uh that injures Connor McDavid to the Oilers at this point in time. Um Didn't they bring somebody else in, too? I forget who it was, but they brought in, like, two really shitty defenders um, to that team uh, over the past week or so. I'm not sure who that was, but uh, I'm pretty
0: sure. Oh, yeah, I I would have to go and look it up. But they made another move probably about a day or two before uh, the opening trade. Yeah, so, I mean, they they
1: seem to be looking for something. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure they could have accomplished that by bringing – Jan Rudo over there too, if they really wanted, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Stan could have packaged up two two guys that we don't want here and, and sent it over there.
0: Yeah. So, um, I had put out that video from the four feathers account of that injury of, you know, Manning slamming McDavid into the boards, uh, back when Manning was on the flyers and that went pretty viral because I wouldn't say viral, but it got a lot of attention. Um, we were up to around, you know, almost 6,000 views on it. So Oilers Nation had gotten a hold of it, and we got some Oilers fans in our mentions that were, first of all, not happy about the trade. And then everyone there was basically saying, you know, we like to bitch about Stan, but they were saying, how does Peter Chiarelli even still have a job, the yeah, GM right. Oilers? So, um, I mean, <laughs> it, they're not happy on their end. Um, so it was just interesting to see a different perspective when we finally, you know, got that out there and got some response on it from uh, the other side, which is you know, cool cool to see the interaction, but, you know, they're they're not happy, and we are. So I'll take that.
1: Yeah, that's, I think, what made it feel like a win. Because normally when we make these trades, we're, we're sitting here getting, you know, bombarded on Twitter whatever, where have you, what, your social media outlet of choice about how bad of a trade it was for the Blackhawks. And this was actually one of those times where you actually got to watch the other team, you know, just commiserate about how bad of a situation it was for them. And, you know, it was kind of, it felt like a win for the Hawks. And I think that's, that's like I said, that's the best part about it. It felt like a win. So, it, small victory, but it, it's something, I guess, in this season that, uh, you know, has somewhat turned itself around a little bit here. But I think it's still been, uh, it, it's been bad <laughs> compared to years past. Mm.
0: Yeah, so then just one other part of this trade uh, that we have to touch on, uh, coming back from Edmonton along with Drake Kajula was Jason Garrison, veteran defenseman. Um, Mr. Garrison. But, Mr. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, under 24 hours after the Hawks had acquired him, they placed him on waivers and they said, the reports are that he didn't report to Rockford. Now, whether that means that was pre agreed upon or whatever, failure to report to Rockford is what the official, um, you know, media statement is when they're talking about Jason Garrison there. So then they placed him on unconditional waivers, which means this, you know, and he cleared that, which means his contract is terminated with the Blackhawks. So um, that it was just <laughs> interesting to see that uh, sort of thing play out. Basically, the Oilers gave them to us to basically throw away. Um, but I, I had to tweet out the clip. Any South Park fans out there? Uh, you know, the last name was Garrison. It was too good to pass up. Um, it was basically the Blackhawks waving him within 24 hours of acquiring, acquiring him. What did you say? Uh, I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was, <clears throat>
1: how would you like <laughs> well, and they had no intention. I mean that that's the thing. Twenty four hours in, they had no intention of keeping him. You wonder why he even came back in this trade, um, especially if the Oilers are looking for you know bad defense. <laughs> why <laughs> why give us why give us Garrison in that deal? It makes absolutely no fucking sense to me. Um, and then yeah. there were there were rumors that he was going to announce retirement. I don't I don't know. I didn't really follow up on this at all. Um, there were rumors but, that he was going to retire um, and terminate his contract. Well, then the guy just doesn't even fucking show up to Rockford, and they terminate the deal that way. So you know, there are many many things that you can do in that situation to like maybe issue a statement or anything. But uh-uh. I feel like for for Garrison, this was more of like a I really didn't expect to be traded. Uh, I was in a situation where, um, you know, probably wasn't notified that he was even, you know, in talks. Finds mm-hmm. out, then finds out that he is going to be sent to Rockford as soon as he arrives, and says, "Screw that! I'm not going to go play with, you know, Pylon Ruda for a while." So, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. mean, for for Garrison, that's that's, you know, his choice. Um, I don't really know much about the guy besides the fact that, uh, most of the Oilers fans said that he was terrible, um, yep. in that thread. So, you know, uh, no love lost on that one. Uh, we got a forward that, uh, will hopefully make some impact for us. Um, we got to have a little fun on Twitter and Garrison's gone. So, um, yeah interesting but
0: uh, i mean it's a yeah it's a good situation overall for the hawks that that's that's what i take out of this i look at this as an improved um like say like uh acquiring anthony duclair 2.0 like a project that if it works out it could be good you know duclair's some a good, good comp potential. you know what i'm saying so yep. i feel like you know, Kajula has a little bit more. He has a little more, like, sandpaper to his game, whereas Duclair was straight up, you know, north and south. How fast can I skate? Get away from you. Whereas Kajula is not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Um, he, uh, when I look at his highlight videos from Edmonton, um, he, he's definitely, I'd say, some untapped potential there. So it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks use him and who would get scratched for him. So
1: Isn't he projected on the third line here?
0: I would guess that's kind of where he's playing a third third line left wing with the Oilers, so I would assume kind of a similar role here.
1: Well, and what's this not playing to brink it up top that that has been doing lately. Maybe this will, you know, maybe this will spur something in the in the lineup here that'll that'll put DeBrink it up on line 1. That's yeah. what I'm kind of hoping to see.
0: Yeah, my my kind of thing is is Dominic Cahoon is playing much better as of late. Um, you know, he started off the season kind of hot, and that's where he kind of stayed in that role. And now he's back up there. But you look at his past two games; he scored the first golden night. He scored the second goal in the Winter Classic. So, um, I mean, it, he has proven his worth up there. So. It will be interesting to see how they uh, go about navigating those lines.
1: Um, well, and he did start there. the he did start the year up on the up on the first line too. Uh, Cahoon. did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the uh, the good old Cahoon face uh, picture came from. Mm-hmm. I think it was that was like the first game of the year or something. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm curious as to why DeBrinket hasn't been getting the the, the time of day that I think he deserves. Uh, with you know Johnny Taves or or Patrick Kane all, all the time, um, maybe that's just Calton preferring to spread the spread the offense a little bit. But uh, in a it's game like what I think it is. yeah, in a game like today, I I think I would have rather have seen them try and overload one of the lines and and press on that. But uh, one of the things that I've noticed about Jeremy Carlton is he doesn't go with the nuclear option very often. Um, yeah, as much as Quinville did, uh, he kind of keeps things a little bit more even keel uh, rather than trying to overload stuff.
0: Yep. I agree. I like guess I said, it'll, will be interesting to see how it shakes out here. Um, and if he gets an opportunity anytime soon, or if they just roll with what they've, uh, usually been doing. Um, so that's it with the, uh, manning trade talks. Um, we are on to Hawks prospects. Um, world juniors are getting close to wrapping up here. um, I think they run through the 5th, yeah, through Sunday. Or uh, through S- Saturday was probably the last game for him, I believe. So, yeah, through the 5th. Um, but Filip Kershev, um has had himself a tournament for Team Switzerland who just upset uh, Sweden. Uh, Kirchev has five goals and an assist and 22 shots on goal in five games. So that's encouraging. Um, you know, Kirchev looked good in the Hawks prospect tournament um, that I covered a little bit preseason. Um, so it's good to see him continue that on a big stage against, you know, some real top end talent there. Um, defenseman, Jakob Galvis for the Czechs, uh, only one assist through five games. Evan Barrett started off the tournament hot with that, like kind of diving across the crease backhander, uh, that he scored, but that was his only point, um, of all the tournaments so far. USA is still alive. So he's still got an opportunity in a few more games. Um, But he is, I will say this, though, he is at least peppering the goal. He's got 22 shots on goal in five games. That's, you know, same with uh, Khrushchev there. So that's encouraging to see. Uh, Evan Barrett, you know, who's had a leading point-scorer season at uh, Penn State University. So um, another NCAA guy, Ian Mitchell, for Team Canada. Uh, He's got a goal and two assists, eight shots on goal through five games. His tournament's over. Canada was upset by, I believe they played the, yeah, they played Finland. Um, they were upset last night, so they're out of it. Uh, Whistle, Mackenzie Entwistle, finished with three goals, uh, nine shots on goal through five games. Um, Adam Boquist, Team Sweden, um, one goal, three assists, 13 shots on goal through five games. The Swedes are also eliminated. Um, they lost to Philip Kershev and Team Switzerland uh last night as well. So I like to, you know, Tony, you've seen me joke about it a little bit. I get all these notifications. I follow the world juniors on the score. Um I get that's where I, you know, get my score notifications from. And whenever the Swedes would win in like these pool play games, oh, Swedes extend their in pool winning streak to such and such games. They haven't lost an in pool game since two thousand six or whatever it is. They lose you know, in the first round of the playoff style of the tournament. And I'm like, oh, well, don't they just get automatically awarded the gold for... <laughs> right. I mean, winning? at this point, they should, shouldn't they?
1: <laughs>
0: Dude, like, I it just kind of... You the,
1: know, let's give them a banner, actually. Regular, yeah,
0: Nashville style.
1: Let's give them a Nashville style banner. You know, international pool play world junior champions of... 2006 through
0: 2019, yeah. Yes, yes. I think they
1: deserve a banner. I don't know where they'll put it because I don't think they technically have a home ice, but they could like carry it in with them as they skate on. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Like maybe get like a replica one too. Like you can bust through when they go onto the ice, you know?
1: Yeah, that would be great. I actually like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, like high school football (laughs) team. They'll hold it up. They'll run right or they'll skate right through it. They can't even run, but they'll they'll skate right through it. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, every every match in, in the pool play rounds, they'll hold that up. But then when they get to, you know, when they get to the what, – what do they call it? The playoff style, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tournament style, playoff style. Uh, they will not do that because they'll normally lose in the first or second game that they play. But <laughs> I think it would be a nice touch for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good for you, Sweden. You get a participation trophy. Um, so, again, Philip uh, Kershaw, Team Switzerland. And um, Evan Barrett, Team USA, still alive. So those are the Blackhawks' prospects to watch over the weekend in the World Juniors if you're tuning into any of those games. We'll also bring you those highlights on the Four Feathers pod Twitter. So um, stay tuned for those. All right. on Back to some Blackhawks talk here. Um, today it was announced that Patrick Kane was selected to the All-Star game. Um Tony, he's been hot as of late. Six goals in his last four games, eight in his last seven. Um, no doubt that uh, Kaner was deserving of this.
1: That's showtime, man. That's absolutely. So that showtime. showtime. That's so. That's showtime. Uh, you know, every time you think that this guy might regress, like I thought there might be some regression coming into this mm-hmm. year. I don't know about you, um, but I think Kane's what now? He's he's is he thirty? Thirty one. I think, I'd have to
0: look that up. I, think, I uh, think he's 31, I would guess.
1: Yeah, he's a few he's a few years older than I am. So I'm guessing 30, 31.
0: 30. He's 30.
1: 30. Um, you know, you'd you'd expect a little bit of regression out of this guy. He just gets better with age, man. It's it's for for Hawks fans, it's such a pleasure to watch Patrick Kane play. Because whether or not like tonight, for example, whether or not the Hawks are in a game, out of out of a game, they always have that ability to score when Patrick Kane is on the ice, and something special to happen. And there's no guy more deserving than you know accolades than Patrick Kane is on this team. Um, I'm not I'm not surprised that he's the only All Star. Um, Jonathan Taves, I think, was deserving uh, of of an All Star appearance this year. I mean, he kind of started the year very hot. Um, but uh, the final vote has uh, has Jonathan Taves in there, so um, hopefully we can we can vote him in and and get him an appearance. But you know Patrick Kane is the definition of a fucking all star hockey player uh, through and through. So uh, congrats to Kaner, um, well deserved, uh, and I expect many more out of him. Um, I don't think has, has there been a year that he's missed the All Star game.
0: Maybe one. Honestly, I couldn't remember the year though. That's how infrequent it happens.
1: Yeah, I can't remember Petrucci not being involved in, in all-star activities. Um, although I think it's very telling um, that uh, we only have one all-star representative um, this year, given the course of of what's gone on in Blackhawks hockey. But uh, you know, you'd like to see maybe Alex DeBrinkett you know, cross that threshold next year. Uh, I think he's a guy that, uh, that can put up enough goals and, and counting stats. That'll get the attention of everybody, uh, in his career. to get some all-star nods. Um, but outside of Taves, the Brinkett, you who else do you think on the squad is going to be a potential all-star over the next two years? I think that's a little something we could talk about.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, see, that's a good question. Um, if Strom develops at the level, um, you know, if he really blossoms into the guy that they picked, the Arizona Coyotes picked third overall, uh, I really think that there's, like, the potential there for that. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if you're talking about possibilities uh, in the future, uh, I, I would not be completely surprised if, uh, you know, let's say he starts getting really clicks with the line. Um, and then he the assists just start coming game after game. It's like easy when you play with Kaner, you know. So that, that's yeah, I where was, I, that's I right. He's see a good pick. Happening.
1: I think he's a good pick. Do you think that Duncan Keith will have another All Star appearance in his career? Unfortunately, no. You think those days are done? I was kind of I was kind of so. leaning towards those days are done too. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really didn't really think he was going to get another one. Uh, maybe out of nostalgia fact, but uh, you know, I'd like to see him back in an all-star game but uh yeah no and especially with the format that they roll now i don't think that uh that he really fits in there nor, nor would i want to see <laughs> duncan keith get exposed yeah. in that. but you know um here we are in uh 2019 johnny um not the same decor that we had in years past I, brent seabrook's days are totally done um maybe botquist can uh, get uh
0: an all-star yeah, appearance that's a few years down the line, obviously. Um, yeah, not I think in the next he two. Should, but. He's, still, he's still probably at least a year away, I'd say, from uh, you know making the team. Even next year, I think it might still be a little premature to say that he's for sure a lock-in uh, for that NHL roster. I, I just don't completely see it right now. The kid's 18 years old. He's a, he, he looks like he's not even completely matured yet. He has all the ability in the world, and I think he will be an all-star one day. But if we're talking next one up, who would possibly be an all-star, my best guess would be outside of Dabrinkit since you already took him. That obviously would be my number one. But outside of that, I would have to say Strom.
1: Yeah, I think Strom's a really good pick here. Um, I I would probably go with Dabrinkit, but uh, I think Strom equally has as much uh, upside um, as far as if he puts things together. Dabrinkit's kind of like a secondary scoring kind of guy. I don't think he's going to have the assist numbers that'll get him up where he needs to be. Um, some of those possession numbers and everything else that uh, that you'd see out of an all-star to put together that kind of caliber of a year. Um, and he probably would get a little bit forgotten about behind Kane because I think he kind of plays a secondary role to Patrick Kane on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if he was on a different squad, uh, I could potentially see him there. But uh, yeah, the Hawks would need to be. In first place, and it playing a huge role, I think to to really get the attention that he deserves. I would like to think that maybe there's a potential shot that the next Blackhawks all star comes as as part of an acquisition, maybe this off season. You never know.
0: Yeah, no, you never know. So, um, yeah it it's kind of a odd question because you know for us in the past it's been oh yeah well it's a shoe in that it's either going to be a Marion Hossa, Patrick Sharp, uh, Duncan Keith is making it regularly. Taves and Kane were almost no-brainers. Speaking of Jonathan Taves, you know, those days are kind of behind us. But speaking of Jonathan Taves here in relation to the All-Star game, Tony had mentioned it briefly earlier, but I wanted to circle back just so everybody gets the information here. There are uh, roster spots, one available from each uh, division, and Taves is up as the Blackhawks representative for this vote. So if you go to nhl.com slash vote, uh, you can vote 10 times a day for Jonathan Taves. Uh, to be in the all-star game. So we'll be keep pushing that link out on the Four Feathers Twitter. Go and vote. Vote as many times as you can. Open an incognito browser. Vote again. And, you know, that's, you know, like in Chicago, what is it? Uh, vote early, vote often. So
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is Chicago. We need to vote early, vote often, many times. If you need uh, a different identity, uh, you could borrow Ron Luce. Um We'll get you his email address and, uh, and you know, personal information so you guys can
0: vote over and over again. (laughs) That's right. So yeah, we'll, we'll share those links on our Twitter. Um, all right. Just one more all-star game thought. We won't spend too much time on this, but report coming out to, uh, yesterday that Alex Ovechkin will be skipping the all-star game to rest up for the upcoming playoff run. Um, And he will likely be suspended one game by the league for missing the All-Star game. So, Tony, what are your initial thoughts on that?
1: This is a fucking joke. Over and over again, the antiquated NHL has decided that if a player is selected to the All-Star game and they don't want to attend, their way to combat that is to suspend the player for one game. Uh, We actually saw this with Jonathan Taves before in the past. Uh, when Taves was coming off of, a, I think it was an injury. I forget what year it was, but uh, Jonathan Taves decided to miss miss the All-Star game in uh, in order to rest up a little bit and get the extra game, and he was suspended. And now Alex Ovechkin's doing the exact same thing. I don't think there's an injury concern here, but Ovi's played a lot of hockey. Uh, coming off that deep play-up cup run, um, he wants his All-Star break. And I don't blame the guy. He wants to have that, you know, little stretch of games off to recoup. He's the, one of the best players, if not the best player in the NHL and one of the most marketable fucking all stars that they have. So in order to get Ovi to play, they think that suspending him for another game is going to sway him. Uh, I think that this is just such, I I don't even know. This is just such horseshit. Um, if you really want players to play in the All Star Game, uh, maybe try something different than suspending them and punishing the team uh, for the player not being willing to play. Uh, I think that that's a little backwards. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, let's not showcase you, like you said, Johnny. Uh, let's not showcase you in the All Star Game. We're also not going to showcase you in another game. Uh, fans pay a lot of money to go to games and watch Alex Ovechkin's, the Sidney Crosby's, the Patrick Kane's of, you know, of hockey to, you know, get to experience the NHL product and suspending them because they don't want to participate in a, an exhibition game. Um, I think is just, it it you know, it, it would be the same thing as suspending a guy for not wanting to participate in a preseason game, in, in my opinion. Um, and that's antiquated. I think it's out of touch. Um, I, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all.
0: Yep, Tony, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was from you know, our group uh, chat earlier today or uh, yesterday um, when I had said it. And it was, you know, oh, yeah, we can't showcase your talent in an exhibition game. We'll punish you by not showcasing your talent in a game that counts. Um, it's counterintuitive to me um that's just my thoughts on it but good for Ovi uh rest up buddy I'd love to see you tear it up in the Eastern Conference again he is one of my favorite players in the league um I'd say you know with Marion Hosa not playing anymore it has to be Patrick Kane one Alex Ovechkin two Claude Giroux three so um I love watching Ovi Ovi rip one you're chopping so. your Giroux guy down to number three I mean, yeah, you, I, you, I you even told post you about
1: him from the fucking Four Feathers Twitter account. I, I, mean, told come you on, was,
0: man. I told you he was one of my favorites. But, hey, I also do have that Ovechkin jersey. So I got the their winter classic from when they played the Pens uh, 2011, I believe. Is that? So always oh, just – I mean, that's like – name a more wicked slapshot. Yeah, you really can't. And it might go down as the best one in the game. I know there was uh, – you know plenty in history but with the way that you know sticks are i mean granted part of it might be on the equipment but there's no doubting that that guy has an absolute rocket so um i would take not seeing him in the all-star game to seeing him produce more in the postseason so those are our thoughts on the uh a uh, whole all-star game situation. Um, we've got a couple of miscellaneous items to wrap up here with. We're getting towards the end. Um, Blackhawks, White Sox, Bulls just signed a new TV deal with NBC Sports Chicago. So all preseason, regular season, and first round of the playoff games starting next year, I believe, will all be on all 82 of them, and then whatever the additional for preseason and uh, postseason uh, will all be on NBC Sports Chicago. And that's uh, except
1: for nationally televised, I believe. So, like, yeah. games that go on actual NBC.
0: Yeah, and, like, yeah. And then, like, the whatever, the Wednesday night hockey that they do on the regular NBC Sports Network. But, you know, that all works in NBC's favor because they're still getting those games from <laughs> right, just, on, exactly. just on a different station, not a regional station. Um, so I, I, I don't know about you, Tony, but I like uh, this a lot just because... For me, it's the streaming options. Um, you know, you, on, when a game's on WGN, you can't go and stream it on your phone unless you're using some sketchy Reddit link and whatever. So um, No
1: sketchy Reddit links. Yeah. Don't, so, don't hit the sketchy Reddit links.
0: Yeah. So with this one, though, you know, you just open the My Teams app if you're on your phone or whatever, if you're on your laptop, you just open up the um, NBC Chicago website and pull the game right up. Um, no problem. Whereas on WGN, it's you know, if you don't have a TV, you're kind of shit out of luck. So that's that's. I am uh, definitely excited to uh, see all the uh, broadcast be switched over to NBC Sports Chicago.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's kind of cool that the uh, the Cubs won't be part of that anymore. Um, I think for you and I, mm-hmm. um, definitely yeah, Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox. Um, that's just going to be a a, a nice station where we don't have to get flooded with cubs news you, uh, i think they're going to do a little bit extra hawks coverage socks coverage bulls coverage to kind of fill that time that they don't have to cover the, the the cubs anymore so look for more content out of them i'm excited for that just in uh you know in that capacity that they'll have more resources to throw at these teams um they they do provide excellent coverage so um it's good for the fans
0: Yep, definitely. I'd say it is definitely a good thing um, as a Blackhawk fan looking at that. Um, all right, Tony, we are getting to the end here. A little shorter episode since it's only two feathers. Thank you, Ron and Tyler. Um, Week ahead. You're fired. All right, you're fired. <laughs> Sunday, uh, the Blackhawks are at Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock. Um, so after you're done watching all your football on Sunday, I know there's first round wild card round. Um some hockey to be played Sunday night at Pittsburgh, Um, seven o'clock start again, Uh, Monday uh, Hawks are back home versus Calgary, 7.30 PM start. And then Wednesday, um, I believe this should be an NBC uh, sports network game uh, Hawks versus Nashville, seven o'clock. So um, that's what you got. Looking forward to this next week. Uh, You got any game in particular there that you're, uh excited for or have any thoughts to share Tone.
1: Uh yeah, well I'm I'm a huge Pittsburgh hater. I hate Sidney Crosby. Uh so that game gets me going uh right away. Um I've always been a big Sidney Crosby hater ever since he came into the league. I think Jonathan Taves has always been better than Sidney Crosby. That's my Chicago bias, even though the stats (laughs) may not show that Sidney Crosby's a pussy. I don't like him. Fuck that guy. He's a crybaby, all that, everything in between. Um, so I th- I hope the Hawks go out there and dominate them. Uh, and, you know, that's – besides Nashville, I think Pittsburgh's the team I hate the most. Uh, I don't like the fact that uh, that we had to share, you know, the amount of cups with them and all that other bullshit back and forth over the, the past decade. Um, the Hawks have always been better. Maybe not, but the Hawks have always been better. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm – getting ready to watch that game, I
0: think. How about you? Yeah, I'd I'd agree. That's a good way to also wind down my uh, Baltimore Ravens play on Sunday, and it would just be a nice rub, you know, a little rub on Pittsburgh if the Hawks could take care of business later at night, whereas the Ravens had eliminated the Steelers from the playoffs last week, and then if the Ravens can go ahead and get that win, um, they'll just be Pittsburgh tears all over. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, One that I'm just a little scared for is uh, Calgary. Um, Tony, I don't know if you saw the new year's Eve massacre. Um, uh, I did. Oh yeah, dude, it was bad. The, the flames made the sharks look silly on new year's Eve. The flames are a wagon right now. People, um, they, uh, they're hot. Johnny hockey is just dripping all over the ice. Um, it, it, it is, it is really something to watch up in Calgary. They got our boy, Michael for still up there. um, it, the Calgary is going to be a scary one. They, they're a team. That There's can, been a little it, bit
1: of a development with Michael Froelich though, too. Hasn't there? did yeah, he I get scratched?
0: So, yeah, I think so. Um, but I mean, you, you I feel like that, that kind of doesn't affect their overall team morale there. Uh, um, no, no, not no matter, so much, but I'm no, just, yeah. just
1: speculating.
0: Yeah. So no matter what, uh, Hawks don't want to get behind Calgary, that thing can, uh, get away from them very quickly if it does and then nashville Fuck nashville that's all i have to say about them yeah i don't like nashville at all either miss you right miss you ryan hartman but fuck you when you come to play us
1: well you know ho- hopefully he doesn't throw any more elbows
0: yeah i'm lucky i'm so glad that kruger's uh not devastated and uh out for a long time because of that I know it probably wasn't completely intentional, but that elbow was swinging pretty high, so watch it, Ryan Hartman. Well,
1: we don't have Brandon Manning to come defend us anymore, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll just get Duncan Keith's psycho mode.
1: <laughs> wakey, wakey, Hartman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, foresee uh, that happening. <laughs> no. No. Um, all righty. That is all I've got, Tony. You got any final thoughts to share for episode fourteen of Four Feathers?
1: Uh, final thoughts. Uh hopefully next time we get uh we get the full crew back. Uh Johnny, it's always a pleasure talking hockey with you. Um, even if it's just the two of us. Um that's that's about all I've got for tonight. Um yep. would have liked I've, to see a Hawks winner tonight though, but uh beggars can't be choosers
0: yep i've got one last point we have a very special guest lined up for um monday the 14th that's when we'll record so we'll probably drop it on tuesday the 15th this guest uh will definitely be worth your listen so uh stay tuned for that it'll be a fun one for sure um that's it that's episode 14 of four feathers let's go hawks let's go hawks